Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast. This time we're back with the crew talking about Big Brother 7 All-Stars Week 2, the downfall of Miss Nokomis. But let's get to our panel. We have first up, we have the woman, the myth, the legend, TikTok Nicole. You need new branding in case TikTok goes under. Trust me, I think that if TikTok goes under in the United States, I will gladly just get a Canadian VPN. And all will be fine. I'll keep up with my favorite British TikTokers. I'll figure out a way to get around it. But it's great to be back. Um, and sad that the only Caser HOH we got this week was on Big Brother All-Stars 1 and not All-Stars 2. But you know what? It's good to see what could have been. What up, Caser? What speaking up, Caser? Speaking of Caser fans, we got our own biggest Caser fan, Caser in the draft. He stole him. It's Jacob. Hey, how are you doing? Uh, unlike TikTok, Nicole, I will be going on to Instagram's reels, trying to diversify a little bit, just in case it goes down. You hear them fighting words, Nicole? I mean, Instagram, whenever they see something on another social media, they just snatch it up, give it a new name. I'm, a little, I'm feeling a little dismayed by Instagram, by their blatant um, plagiarism, but uh, it's the snap not stories. bad to- yeah, it's not a bad idea to diversify yourself on multiple social media. They stole the Snap Stories first, then they then Snapchat stole the private, the close friends list. Yeah, and I don't think that Instagram Real Nicole has the same, um, you know, the same ring that TikTok Nicole has. I think we should stick with that. Yeah, I, you, I you can have that title. It, it fits you pretty well. <laughs> you know, I'm the Gen Z representative um, that everybody needs. Speaking of Gen Z representatives, Jacob, do you have anything exciting in the world that you would like to plug? Or are you not allowed to plug it yet? No, we're, we're ready to plug it. Episode one of Ang In There, a post-show recap on Avatar The Last Airbender will be dropping Tuesday. Uh, Who came up with the name, you or Wiggler? Wiggler. Okay. Uh, August 18th, so get excited. Me and Zach also from Renat fame, will be taking you through the spirit world as we go into Avatar The Last Airbender. I love that. That's so exciting. Justice for Appa. <laughs> That's not a spoiler, just like he needs all the, all the standing in the world. Yes. And yeah, Momo, I've never, both. I've never seen so, Avatar before, so I'm excited to watch it for the first time the with cool my kids friend. call it Atla. 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 Yes. Avatar The Last. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. But just... Come on over, say yip, yip, and stay for the ride. <laughs> exactly. Um, but also, I just can't help but notice, 
uh speaking of our hap uh rap i used to say rap and now i say and i hate people who say rap that's the one i hate where's the age yeah i used to say rap specifically talking about the rap ups i still say that but like i think people change words change <laughs> but um i see jacob rocking one of the former bloom tats on his hat oh the, yes the, the florida, the florida lee. lee yes uh very big adam klein fan over here had the florida lee gonna try to play it as an idol uh in the bb all-star house Maybe for Nokomis, she might have needed that. But at, at least that. at least Queen Diane survived this week. Yeah, Nokomis so needed a line. safety suite. We, she really did. <laughs> did she need a safety suite VIP pass or a chill town cool kids VIP pass? I mean, either or, you know, anything to, you know, get Nokomis. And Nokomis would have saved Diane probably in that situation, so. She really would have, and then who would have gone home? Jace? Probably. Uh, no, no Boogie, was, Boogie. Boogie. Yeah, they would have turned on chill town, but. Uh, is Boogie a Heather or a Booger Bitch from season three of Drag Race? I think that Boogie is a fat booger. He is okay, not but we love the boogers on Drag Race. Alexis, Yada. I was a Heather stan because I watched season be. three live because, and I loved Raja because she was the makeup artist. Shangela, though. Model. I didn't like Shangela until I was like a mature woman. I was watching Drag Race when I was like 10, though. That's I'll kick you off this call. <laughs> don't do it to me don't do it i love shanji she should have won season three of all stars but this is not a rupaul's drag race podcast it is not so let's get into the action so we start off with allison being evicted a little recap danielle is safe we love to see it and um, allison snubbed jace on the way out she didn't give him a second look she just walked right past him no hug no fist bump nothing she did not and then we'll see it again but jace stayed on the couch this time when Nakomas went out the door he was not about that life um but so allison officially gone memory wall black and white we'll miss you queen um was there anything oh erica just said that she's the last representative of big brother four and that's about all that's interesting here yeah, Janelle uh, says that she feels really safe at this point but she probably filmed that dr after caser one the head of household Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's no way that Janelle felt super safe yet, but we love the confidence, Janie. Um, if, you have, if you have enough confidence, you can feel safe no matter what. Uh, looking at some people in the BB All-Star 22 house, they are just riding high on their own confidence. <laughs> Keisha? <laughs> uh, yeah. We love the queen, but I'm so happy Kevin stayed. Um, but anyways, Kaser wins HOH. And Howie and Janelle didn't learn anything from last year and have no chill. And then James yells at them. He's like, Howie, calm the fuck down. James I mean, really why? So much better. Why yeah. show any personal growth? It's fun to celebrate the HOH win in the backyard. I love the, you know, gigantic hug that Howie and Kaser share. I'm all for it. I'm all for Howie showing a little bit of personal growth. Hopefully he's shown some in 2020. <laughs> Well, the thing about um, this group is that, of course, they're working together. It was well established that first week. Why not have a moment to celebrate um, when things rarely go right for you in the Big Brother house? It's nice to celebrate a good moment where Nokomis could have easily won that head of household and took it right from them. So I would have cheered, too. It was no bye-bye bitches, but it was definitely an exciting moment for that alliance. I I hope Janelle, I really wanted Janelle to win and be like, give me that key. You know, yeah, yeah. She, well, she wasn't even eligible because it was the second HOH of the season. 
No, yeah, no, but I'm talking about this season. This week, uh, yeah, with this uh, week. Big Brother yeah. All-Stars too. Yeah, it's really confusing with Janelle and Kayser both back. <laughs> yeah, to, like, it's exciting. Make references. Yeah, um, but Kayser wins. James is like, calm down. And then before we get to his HOH room, uh, we get a segment on Dr. Will and Botox. Um, so what did y'all think of the segment? Jacob, do you want to recap the segment for us? Yeah, so Dr. Will is, uh, you know, he's not the biggest Howie fan. And they're sitting around. And I think Dr. Will just decides if Howie's going to be annoying, Dr. Will should just bully him. And that's yeah. what he does. Uh, he straight up bullies the man, tells him he needs Botox, points out the wrinkles on his forehead. It's like a slide for the fleas. <laughs> which made me feel self-conscious because I looked in the mirror and I, you know, furrowed my brow. I saw some wrinkles myself. Dr. Will would tear me a new one. Yeah, when he said it looks like your forehead is trying to leave your face, I felt that personally. I was like, damn, he really looked at me and tore me to shreds. That's the drag of the century. I mean, Boogie heard it too if we saw what lo- he looked like on 14. Uh, yeah, Boogie. Same with Janelle yeah. this year. Yeah. My dad was watching the first few bits of it with me. And he's like, oh my God, Janelle looks very different now than she, because he, he doesn't know anyone, so... I mean, if I had like three or four kids, as many as Janelle had, I would need a little injection right in the middle of the forehead, underneath the eyes, maybe a facelift. No, no, I'm not. Tell me, judging. Not judging at all. Like Dr. Bill says, if you want to feel beautiful and that makes you feel beautiful, feel beautiful. Like, but just like as long as you have inner confidence, however you look. Yeah. But no, I was just making commentary that my dad was like, oh my God, this, she looks very different. Like now. No fair. I loved when Dr. Will um, and Kaser were having the discussion about like whether or not people need Botox. And he said, you're adding to my aging. He said, you're stressing me out by having, by us having this conversation. Dr. Will's so funny, but like, we'll get to it later. But I also did kind of feel like it was watching like the cool kid pick on the not cool kid, but the cool, not cool kid is trying just to like get insults back but it's not going well at all and he's just like trouncing on him That's it's not a low-hanging fruit like why it pick is. on the dumbest person in the house we'll get to i don't know what scene it was but my favorite quote of the week was howie uh you would think that if someone with two brain cells would be able to function him but with howie it's the two brain cells start fighting each other after some time and they get really exhausted and they just shut down i've used that read before i've definitely stolen that and used it on a couple of my friends yeah, Dr. Will has some of the best insults. The way he comes after people, look, it's mean, but it has me laughing still. I can't help but love Dr. Will, even though he's, like, terrible to Howie. And also, it doesn't hurt that Howie's literally the pervert, according to the show. <laughs> and they don't even hide it. He talks about Erica's rack. Like, this is, was this okay? I mean, it was never okay, but, like, wow, we just put that on national television. Like, Prime time. misogyny was allowed, apparently, in 2006. Encouraged. Fashion, yeah. Yeah. Like, look at America. You put this man back in the house. You you, appreciate- you voted for him. You voted for misogyny. This the democracy is flawed. Truly, the purest oh. example. Wow, this is uh taking a turn. I did not know we were getting political. Uh, democracy down with democracy. Okay. Um, sorry, I got lost in my notes because I saw the word Diane and I just started standing immediately. Yes. <laughs> So uh, then we get Kaser's HOH room. We get this like black sleek setup. Words are hard today. Um, With like, instead of those like poofy foam blue couches, they got these nice leather 
chairs, upright chairs, the black checkered pattern, the HOH sign even changed instead of blue, it was black as well. So what do we think of the HOH getting a rotating room depending on who it is? Look, I think like it's cool. It's a good idea. They're trying to spice it up, but I don't know why some production assistant going to Bed Bath & Beyond and getting different furniture makes it into the episode. It's like fun, but I don't really care to watch it on my TV. Well, maybe I would because love to I'm a girl. It. Yeah, you go. I would love to see it on All-Stars, any All-Star season. They obviously haven't for this one, but just like it adds a touch to these characters. I feel like, like Marcella saying that he wanted the circus theme. I was like, Marcellus, I thought you had taste. No, I love that. A circus themed room with the red. It would with be the so clowns dramatic. looking over you. Okay, maybe that's a little a touch too far. Um, that's taking a little too much creative liberty. But I think that the changing of the HOH room every week was one of my favorite parts. When I think about watching All Stars for the first time, I remember when, um, spoiler alert, when um, Janelle gets her pink room, pink. I was obsessed with it. I wanted my, my bedroom to look like that. I just thought this was such a cool thing, and I wish they were doing it this year. So I don't remember, every time Janelle won, did it go pink again, or did she, like, get a different one each time? Well, that's just us to wait and find out, but I think yeah. they had different versions of the same room. Okay. And CBS has the budget. Change the room up. It, they really do. This season, I get why they're doing it, actually, now that I think about it, because we don't want to risk people going out to Ikea every week. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, it's true. Yeah, um, that's the reason why uh, All-Stars 2 got shut down is because some production assistant got corona from Ikea. I would riot. S save it for Ikea. That's why I don't think there's a buyback anymore. Like, I was like, I was confident Keisha was staying, but now I'm like, wait, no, they probably just want to end the season as fast as possible because they don't want to be BBKN8. Yeah, and they have to quarantine Keisha in a hotel, even though that would be not too difficult to do. Sometimes there's just too many risks associated and exactly. liabilities. I'm just and upset that unprecedented times i had to get that in queen rianne was robbed i mean, no i'm kidding <laughs> i was a maddie stan I, I just just wanted to see also low-key we love angie but okay now we get to some strat chat as i have it in my notes season six discussing whether they put up diana nicomas will and boogie or one and one so what do you think the optimal strategy is well i I'll think the op oh yeah the optimal strategy is obviously to target the people that are clearly targeting you, but hindsight is obviously 2020. Jacob, you want to add on to that? Yeah, I think that I like the idea of pitting the two factions against each other, but only if you have two factions coming against you. Diane and Nokomis are just sitting there. I don't think that they're coming after season six as much as Chilltown is. So make sure someone from Chilltown gets out of the house. I think you just put both of Chilltown up. I agree wholeheartedly. I think it was kind of ridiculous that they went for the floaters here and I saw in the feeds that Kaser was like, if I win HOH, we're going after the floaters in general. I was like, look at what happened to us last time. Like, so I love that she is going to use history to repeat herself. Um, but, and this was even before the HOH competition. So this is no spoilers for any of our Spoilerverse fans, but we will be talking full spoilers later, uh, live feeds and everything. But um, I just think that Will and Boogie are clearly against you, but they they just didn't take the shot and then they're also going to miss the coming weeks which i think saves the season in a way like it helps the season even though we do love nakomas um but i definitely think that this was best case scenario for the week depending on the alternatives yeah for caser specifically this was a great deal he's buying himself time 
even though um, it's putting his uh, alliance mates at risk. I can see how Keisha would do this as a strategy more so for himself than for the team of people that he's supposed to be loyal to. I don't know if this is a miscalculation on his part. I mean, we'll find out in the future, but that's his decision and we have to go forward with it. We just have to live with it. You roll with the punches. I think in a modern season of Big Brother, this might make a little more sense where the HOHs are less random. I think like you could really just like win out in a modern season. And so if you have a bunch of competitors who are all good, you have four people gunning for the HOH, then this actually could make some sense. You know, go after the floaters, hope that you win those comps uh, in the next few weeks whenever they're like still skill-based. I think that like it makes sense, but it was too early of a move. I think maybe he's ahead of his time there. I definitely can see what you're saying. I still think that like you have Boogie and Will right there. You could easily get them out. One of them goes home if they're both on the block. Like imagine if Boogie wins veto and saved Diane. Like you put up Will, but then like Nakomas probably still goes home because mm-hmm. Will. Um, but we'll we'll talk about all the ramifications later. Uh, then we get an Erica and Kaser floating segment which is mixed with an Erica discussing her breakup with Josh and her dog passing, which I feel like comes up later in the season. Um, so I feel like we discussed Josh and Erica last time, but any thoughts on a five-year relationship that I had to imagine Erica went on Big Brother 4 while dating and was living in a house with her ex. Wasn't fun for Josh to watch. I completely... Um forgot that she was with Josh from Big Brother 1. I haven't rewatched Big Brother 4 in a couple of years, so this information was... I was like... No, I didn't watch Big Brother 1 ever. No offense to our queen, Cassandra Walton, but... May she rest in peace. Rest in peace. At the same time, I... Yeah, that would not be fun for me. I would have trust issues written all over that, but when it rains, it pours, and... Hopefully this Big Brother experience was transformative for Erica in this really difficult period in her life. Jacob? Yeah, I think uh, I want a new segment about the hots that uh, like people have for Kaser. I mean, Kaser's a catch in 2020. Like, yeah, he's married, but let's get someone else in the Big Brother house fawning over him. I was trying to think who would be the best person uh, to do that. Maybe Nicole we get Anthony. Nicole, Nicole, yeah, Nicole Anthony. A Franzel. <laughs> oh my God. No, let's oh get Nicole Anthony. So Stop! No, I hate that. Let's get Nicole Anthony in there. I want a uh, segment Christmas. about how much Kaser is a catch. Yeah, what I would we... date Kaser in 2020. He's got that zaddy body, you know. Don't don't let his wife know. She doesn't have to know. Uh, yeah, no. A lot of Twitter I've seen dad bod Memphis and dad bod Kaser, but I think. One of those is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who tweeted it, but someone said Memphis may be the age of a dad, but he has big grandfather energy. <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense. It might have been Kirsten. Stan, Stan, great takes by Kirsten always. Like, are there any bad takes? Never, no. never one bad take by Kirsten. All objectively correct and true. We love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then so Erica and Kate are flirting and you can tell that Boogie was a second choice. <laughs> oh, no. But, I mean, Boogie would be anybody's second choice to Kaser. Are you kidding? I mean, it's I Kaser. think Erica's first choice, Boogie was probably like Erica's fourth, fifth choice. 
But Boogie was going after Diane, so they <laughs> were just each other's was like goodbye. Yeah. Going after her is a bit of an easy way to say it. I mean, he was he was really going at it during that food competition. The food comp? Yeah, he was like pushing. I feel like that was like assault. Yeah, yeah. no, that Nancy. was definitely assault. That was hands that were hands shouldn't be. And then, like, we'll talk about the comp later, but uh, Howie tripped and touched Danielle Reyes' breast. Yeah. And, like, caught himself on that. I don't know. It was a quick moment, so I don't know if he accidentally tripped, but knowing Howie, it probably wasn't accidental. Like, poor Danielle Reyes. Like, do not touch the queen like that. Yeah, no, thank you. Without consent. If she of course, can do whatever she wants. But, okay. But Diane and Acomas discussed their alliance. And BB6, I don't even remember what happened in the scene. But they were just discussing, like, their friendship, I guess. And I do love that they're really close friends after season five. That was, like, heartwarming throughout the week. I love their friendship. Yeah, I um, forgot about um, how Diane was classified as a really emotional player. And Big Brother Seven, yeah, um, yeah. Considering I remember her being such a tough presence on Big Brother Five, she was like that strong, take no shit girl. And then on this season, she's crying, and that becomes like a huge pillar of her strategy to stay over Nicomas. I just feel like her head, like she probably was, like we get a segment later where she's talking about that she needs the money, and like that's the only incentive to stay in Los Angeles. And then she might just go home, and I think she did after the season probably because now she's shackled up with a kid yeah she's married i checked her instagram this week don't worry i'm sad that she's not married to me okay (laughs) um but yeah so i think she definitely like her head wasn't in the right place at the time like she probably was in a much better headspace in season five probably yeah um but we stand the nakoma's diane friendship and then we already talked about the scene but howie and will they like are talking to about each other and like will Oki is like embarrassing howie um yeah when they uh pin the piece of bread on will and they're like find the bread on will the winner gets entered into a raffle you can see howie's brain struggling to put the words together in that sentence but that's howie so that's where dr will says the famous brain cells quote classic yeah you really should not be taken on Dr. Will. He's going to destroy you every time. I mean, you're making fun of the fact that he doesn't have a tan. Like, he's just going to destroy you for being stupid. Okay. I didn't know where to bring this up, but Dr. Will, does anyone see Jay Starrett in Dr. Will at all? I mean, a little bit. In like, like, in the, the face? In shape eyes, maybe? Maybe. And then also, um, I feel like even personality-wise, I think Jay is a less... Like, no one can be as confident as Dr. Will. The only person who loves Dr. Will more than... Everyone else is Dr. Will. Himself, yes, of course. Dr. Will's hot. When they were all looking at the pictures saying who the different soap opera celebrities would be, I was like, damn, Will like is looking at me like, we're are you trying to get out of here with me? I'm like banning myself. The I think cool. ultimate is I think it? ultimately Jay is like too chill to be Dr. Will. Like Dr. Will's not not afraid to, you know, blow up in your face and get after you. I think Jay would never. I mean, Jay did tell Rogan that he sucks, but we don't talk about, we don't mention that show on this show. (laughs) No, but you are absolutely right. It might just be the looks, but I feel like even in like the confidence level, like, did I ever tell you all the story about Jay in LA at the party, at the premiere party? No, I have not heard. I was in the bathroom and just using the bathroom and then Jay is there. He's like, it's a good thing if it burns, right? I was like, 
oh and then he, he and then he started like discussing it and then terry in the bat in the stall terry deets was like shut up jay you can't you can't have conversations in the urinal or something i don't remember the whole i, I talked about this why did we right? never discuss this no and then wes shout out wes alexander has a oh, wes alexander. Story. he he was like it's wesums on twitter follow him um he was like yeah and then i also was in the bathroom at one point and jay was like talking about how it feels so good when it burns and i was like <laughs> what this is on the record right now well, you heard it here second. <laughs> <laughs> On the record, that should be a Renat podcast. Talk about <laughs> the untold story of Jay Starrett and his chlamydia. What did Marcella say? Would you rather have the gonorrhea or the clap? <laughs> I want to be on the record with this, this with this choice. So I'll say no comment. I love Marcellus in this week. Marcellus said some funny ass shit this week. When he said that Nokomis had those prison tats, I was like, Marcellus. No, that was James Rhymes, too. That was James Ryan? James Ryan said that, too. We'll get that to the slap competition. Um, A straight but... man being funny. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, laughing over here reading Marcellus, some Marcellus quotes, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to it. Um, Will and... Will plans to give Kaser a three-week deal if he puts up floaters. Um, I think this is in the hot tub. And then Jace ping-pongs between Chilltown and BB6. Um, and that's where Boogie says that he wants to give uh, Jace a Chilltown pass. Or was it Will who said that? Someone said that in the diary room. I think I that's... Thought? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. So what do we think of Jace playing both sides here? I think it's I think a slippery it's... slope. It completely is. I feel like that's what gets him exposed next week, right? Yeah. I think if you're going to do it, you need to be a lot more on the DL. It's pretty obvious. He literally goes from one conversation, walks over, talks, comes right back. Like, if you're doing this, you have to play it a lot safer, or else both sides will look at you and say, let's get him out instead. And I think well, there's that... only one person that can do that strategy, and it's Andy Heron. Uh, and he does it with a lot more nuance, and he makes people on both sides trust him. I mean, them. June does it too, but she's not as nuanced. I feel like she was like called out for it more. But yeah, and June so. stayed in one place where Jace, you literally see him running back and forth, and he's, he's on the bottom punk. of both sides. Yeah, he's not. He like pick a side, and at least you can like get your way in. He could have probably been up higher on the totem pole than James Ryan if he really like kept his ducks in a row. But he well, didn't. talk about he how Janelle sides. and James Ryan like get into that one point but you're absolutely right jace could have been in a higher position yeah um but anyways we get to slop till you drop uh the rules are two teams the red team which is diane mike boogie erica will george and jace and the blue team nakomis james danielle howie janelle and marcellus they each have to go find their they're shackled together like three arm three-legged race style they have to go bob their heads in the slot buckets in the slot trowels and bite a not foam what's the word uh a rubber rat and put they each have to grab one and then put it in the basket and you can't come back until both people have their rubber rats so what do we think of this competition it looks pretty gross i mean look i like oatmeal as much as the next person but this bb slop is something else and i would not want to be putting my face in the in the slot that's been sitting out all day 
that looked nasty. Like you can look at it. It was not fresh out there. Like there are buckets of that stuff. It had to take a long time to get out there. So it's got to be hot and gross. Is it bad that I'd rather not do the competition because I don't want to bite a fake rat because I would be creeped out? <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> no, that was all bad. But like that was the part that like I like. Ooh. I mean, being attached to Howie was a bad part. Being attached to Boogie was a bad part. The hot sun in the Los Angeles summertime, that was a bad part. Yeah, there was nothing I Kaser was the only winner of this comp. Yeah, Kaser could see whatever the hell he wants and doesn't have to worry about slob. And doesn't have to compete. Doesn't have to compete, yeah. There was one person, I think it was Jace, who like grabbed it by the tail. And like, that was like, that was nasty. Yeah, Yeah. there's only two big brother showers. So I always wonder after the competition. There's like, one outside would, though, right? There's like a hose or something. But don't they have to break down the set for the competition? I don't know. It's gross either way. I wouldn't even want to have to wait and be in the second group of people showering. I need to be in the first group. First, like I completely related to Ian when he talked about how uh, in BB14 with the Suds people, he like jumped the line because it was so hot outside. I was like, you go, Ian. Yeah, don't the heat is another shame. factor. Yeah. Um, but... This, I wrote it down as a James quote, but maybe it was Marcellus. But I think James and Marcel and Nakomas were paired together. And James okay. was like, it looked like the chain game. And I was already shackled to Nakomas, who looks like she has prison tats and everything. Oh, my gosh. See, that was the quote. I didn't write it down. Yeah, James is a little feisty, too. I didn't know he had that shade in him. James is such a shady person. I feel Sassy. like he's like snarky in the diary room. Uh, we'll get to it later in this season. But I have harm. <laughs> like... Yeah, he just has like big narcissist energy. Yeah. I hope he doesn't hear this and block. Do you me. remember on the live feeds they were talking? Janelle brought up his hookups. Good. They need to be out there. Everyone should know. They should get a fair warning before they ever have to communicate with him. Women well, especially. Well, now he's married, so I think he's a changed man. But I hope so. Fingers crossed. And he said he was thirty on the show, so that means he's forty-five now. I'm like, no way. What? Yeah, you got to grow up at some point. Yeah. Um, and then we already talked about Boogie being gross and pushing Diane's ass. Um, and she was like, I just feel a hand up here. I'm like, oh my God. Like, where's the, where was the sexual and racial bias training? 15 years too late. Yeah. Yep. Um, but next we get Howie and Chicken George training as Jedis. This was like a subplot throughout the season, and it's funny that George is the reason Howie goes home later. That is funny. Um, my favorite quote was, fear is not allowed in the dojo, but chicks are allowed in the dojo. I was and like, that's says, the only misogyny I'll handle because it was funny. But immediately after, he's like, Erica's back because of her rack or something like that. Yeah, Erica yeah. is objectively one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. But yeah, the way they talk about her is just like so gross. It's not great. Like, um, I hope she consented and it wasn't just Boogie's fantasy for later that she like kindly did for the later thing for yeah, his she, birthday. Yeah, she laughed along when Howie said that, but you never know if she's laughing with him or at him, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do like Chicken George's technique when he's, uh, you know, doing the Star Wars thing. Uh, you know, as a Star Wars fan myself, I saw Chicken George was the Darth Vader standing there just slicing. No strategy. I think that's nice. Later on, he, he does develop his lightsaber skills. So that's, Honestly, that, that's what I I'll feel safer myself. with Chicken George around than Howie. As you should. Chicken George is harmless. He's going to cover himself in tinfoil. He's not touching you. 
Yeah. He's gonna get. He's gonna turn into a baked potato. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get Chilltown and Kaser make a deal right before Noms. Um, and then after in the next episode, Mike Boogie's like to Diane, "I didn't make a deal. I tell you, and liar. Like, well, you gotta lie to Diane like that. Do my girl dirty." But then we get to nominations. I don't. I didn't write down the key order, but the last three were Mike, Will, and Chicken George. You are safe. And Kaser says that he made these nominations based, I'm paraphrasing here, that they're going to create a catalyst that I can observe the actions after. So. Yeah, I, I don't like that so much. Like Kaser, the way he talks about strategy, it's like he's, you know, being measured and thinking through stuff. But like those words mean nothing. Like he wants to have a catalyst for reactions later. Like that's not actually a thing. So. No, as HOH, smart, you have to, you have to make actions for you now. You can't like do a move to like create things for after unless you're like trying to diffuse the situation and create chaos if you're in danger after but it's a cop I, out. I think he said that to protect himself from the information about his deal getting out i think he needs to you know he's but he, he said that in the diary room okay so this is what he, i thought he said that he put up um nicomas and diane in his speech because he respected both of their days. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah why yeah. why target them why not do what the whole house wants it's an early hoh there's a lot of questions that i have with this decision and we see as we go into the next episode even janelle's questioning it she said this decision really only works for Chilltown." and maybe caser but they're gonna screw him over later eventually yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, he's making Diane and Nicolas out to be these big, huge threats when they're virtually harmless. Neither in this season, but yeah, I will say they're like every. It's all stars, so everyone. Well, not Chicken George or Howie, but mostly everyone is somewhat of a threat. Yeah, um, like why make enemies? You know, it, it's not the best. Unnecessary. Move. Yeah, it's unnecessary. I, I still disagree that this is a good move, but I agree with Jacob's point that in modern Big Brother, it might be respected more. Yeah, of course. Um, but also it's Kaser, so he can't do no wrong. Of course. <laughs> um, but that's the end of episode four. Any final thoughts on this whole episode? No. No? Should we just get into episode five? Let's do it. So the noms find out Diane and Nakomas are sad to be against each other, and Diane says, quote, I'm not a cutthroat person. I used to be, but I killed all my brain cells because I smoked a bunch of pot. And she says it like that. <laughs> yeah, she's the weed brain before uh, BB Can 7. Samantha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I want to party with Diane. Same. But also, I just want to hang out with Diane because I stand. Stan. Yes, and Diane's faces as she's getting nominated are hilarious. They cut to this in the beginning of episode five. She's just making like the weirdest faces. I love them. I love like Diane all sort much. of contorting of her faces. I was laughing. The only wrong thing is. trying to figure it out. I just feel bad that she always goes for the closeted men, like Drew and like Boogie. Oh. <laughs> like, well, anyways. Like Nicole once said, everyone's been a beard once. If everyone's been a beard. Um. I use that quote so many times and I'm like, as the Nicole, as Nicole Horn says, and then people are like, who? Like people who don't know you? I'm like, like I'm not Confucius. Yeah. In the history books, it's going to be Nicole Horn. Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about. We're just complimenting me and I love it. We love an ego boost. (laughs) Oh yeah. Diane. Diane is gorgeous. How do we never talk about that enough? She just has so (laughs) and she has such like soft features. Like she's a very pretty girl and they give her a lot of shit for no reason. What did you call her last time? Miss Clear Skin? Yeah, she has gorgeous skin. She's like Miss Skincare. 
We love Diane. Uh, we can we can just sit here and talk about Diane all we want. All day, yeah. Diane and Danielle Reyes, two queens that can do no wrong. Of course. And the worst part is that Mike Boogie is like, I had nothing to do with this. He goes up to her and he she's crying in his arms and they flash back to the clip of Mike Boogie making the deal. It's just tragic. Mike Boogie. With some shady, shady stuff. Um, so, oh, and then, but here we go. After that scene, we get our first ever. Do you know what it's going to be? Group DR? Yes. Bring, bring. Love it. I, they need to bring these back. I mean, they are so fun to watch the people just interact with like reckless abandon, making fun of these people. I love the chill tone calls. I used to, imitate these all the time myself this is like my big brother dream is to have one of these drs myself lately i feel like they only do double drs if like it's a group punishment or something or yeah. like i can't remember one since bb14 when boogie did it with frank wolf allison gradner bring back group drs please listen to us i just assume that it's probably something that they don't want people to uh like the players don't want to do it because then it like shines a target on you yeah like boogie and mike don't care um, but who knows? Uh, but I love them. Like, bring, bring. Uh, and then we get a scene where they name the tarantulas after the people who didn't get in. Cowboy, who's the little one. Bunky, who's the hairy one. Monica, who's the... I, I don't think Monica and Lisa had any defining features. Well, Lisa's was the pretty one. Yes, okay. And then they, like, did that little thing that they do on the challenge a lot where they, like, cut someone's face on and put it somewhere. Like, they, like, do a little Photoshop job. Like, my favorite is when... I will give the challenge a little bit of credit when in War of the Worlds when Davon's over Bear and she's like me and Jesus we're we're partners now and they put little Jesus they put Jesus as partner. Um, but they like put Monica's face on the tarantula at one point. The disrespect to Queen Monica. What's going on with y'all, Bailey? Yes, we love her. Uh, I, I robbed Queen. Like I said last week, it should only be the women and. Uh, Will, Kaser, James, and Marcellus. Of course. Uh, but uh, what would you name the tarantulas? Which past house guest would you name a tarantula after? Ooh, this is a hard question. Mm. I think, uh, you know, Paul's a good one to name uh, a tarantula after. He never leaves the house. He's sticking in there no matter what. You can't get rid of him. Nicole? I like I, that answer, though. If there's, like, a really ugly spider we can call it evil dick Ooh. or uh nasty phallus oh. <laughs> <laughs> someone called him that on twitter the other day i was like i'm okay that was, I'm gonna, that's probably that's an synonym. instant block instant block by evil dick oh probably as soon as this podcast goes out we're gonna be blocked yikes but who cares it's we don't care um who would i name uh maybe kale from big brother eight someone with bad opinions but like not someone that i like hate abhorrently like i'm not gonna name it brayden because i don't want to think of that person maybe reagan i was a reagan stan little people little do people know Kristen biting did you see her video recently yeah we don't have to talk about it it was not a good take Uh, rachel was always the queen we've been new yeah we've Um, been new maybe i'm trying to think uh maybe jeremy from season 15 (laughs) that's the tarantula I prefer to the forget Jeremy from season 15, I'll be honest. I, I mean, we all do. Yeah. Oh, you know what I call it? I call it Big Brother Over the Top. <laughs> <laughs> don't do, um, what's his face? Cornbread like that. Don't do him like that. We don't talk about cornbread. He racist. 
I that's mean, why he got evicted. We, we've been new. Him and Monty, they cannot go. Canceled. I stand Justin, though. Oh, we love him. We've been. Okay. The pizza song. Iconic. Um, then Jace and James talk about Jace's girlfriend and Callie. Uh, more Jace content. And I'm like, I feel like they really thought Jace was going far this season. For whatever reason, we get so much about Yeah, I fast-forwarded through this <laughs> part. Um, it was not very interesting to me. It was information we already had, but I guess it's cool that Jace is mature now and he doesn't hook up with people on television. Ironically, ironically, James Ryan was still with Sarah at this point, right? Really? So, I did not know that. I think we get HOH letters from Sarah next week. Um, so I feel like BB7 was after the the was with the catalyst, as Keisha would say, of James Ryan's <laughs> Big Brother escapades, but also we know that reality stars cheat on their wives all the time. Look at Derek Levasseur. Oh, oh, okay. We uh, got blocked by two winners this week. I mean, a cab. Period. <laughs> uh, so back to the segment. I do think uh, I agree with what Nicole said. It was super boring. I mean, Jace pretends like growing up for two years makes you mature. Like you're 30. Calm down. You were 28 last time. Like it's not like you're so much better but he actually he went through some magical transformation i do think he's like emotionally more mature but at the same time like you're not you're basically the same person you just have different things that are important to you now yeah and i respect it like i'm glad that he's playing for his uh, like soon to be stepdaughter i think that's great but i don't know nicole did you check in on them are they still together i couldn't find any information someone just tweet that out be like are jason kelly still together speaking of tweeting out Miss Danielle Reyes validated my opinion that I shared last week that y'all <laughs> mocked me for that Maggie is a top tier winner. I mean, Maggie Ma- is an upper, She's a sociopath, upper middle but- tier winner. Yeah, we can, we can agree to disagree. I, I'm not saying I love Maggie, but I think she played a phenomenal game. And when you get the approval of Miss Danielle Reyes, you have to. You well, have there's to a win. lot of bad winners. So a winner that's decent is automatically in like the top echelon or whatever. Yeah, Big yeah. Brother has a bad winner problem. I, I think still that think Maggie's better than some of them that we high regard. But Jacob, go on. I interrupted you. No worries. I think that Big Brother has a bad winner problem. So people like Maggie are top tier winners, but not top tier players. And I'll stand by that. Okay, I like I that. I need to opinion. think about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to sit with that. But I, I, I like the, I like the takes. Vibe it, really dig on it, and then tell me what that feels like. I'll sit week. on it for the next week. Yeah, yeah. really um, dig on it. Well, next up, once we move past Jace, uh, Jace was the original Devin. He has a daughter. Um, <laughs> we get some daughter. Step Jace has a stepdaughter. Um, did you see that he's in the house? He's one of the comic books. I I'm did like, see that. He's yeah, not. He, a, he a didn't play in BB Come. <laughs> did you not see his BB Cam forecast photos? Whatever. Okay. Well, you can move past this. <laughs> I'm just so offensive. I don't want to like, get sued past. for defamation. <laughs> I'm the one who's going to get sued. I'm the one who says this. You're, you're bystanders. You think Jace from Big Brother Canada and Big Brother US is going to be like an hour into this podcast just what? to hear what people say? Fine. Okay. We get some hot tub strat chat with Chilltown, Erica, George, and Jace. And they're all like, season six has to go. Um, that's basically the essence of the conversation. And they all agree. Yeah, Will's a genius. Like, and you see it right here. This is him riling people up, building hostility towards his targets, and making it easier for his targets to be knocked down like bowling pins along the line, and him having not to deal with it. 
He doesn't have to win any comps, and he's still getting what he wants. William. Yeah. King William. He also, he's super smart because he has Boogie, who's louder than him. So Dr. Wells says something, and then immediately afterwards, Boogie pipes up and is like, yeah, season six is the worst. Like, genius. Will, sitting back, not even, like, the main target. Yeah, it's, it's a great move. And it also helps that even if Will is being the louder one in some instances, like in the second scene that we'll talk about later, when he and Kaser go head to head, I feel like everyone's like, get out Boogie because Will's such a big threat that like he's a good target for us. So it's like Will's set up really well here. Um, but we go to commercial break and then when we come back, we get a scene that everyone loved, Howie forgetting his towel. In the yeah, bathroom. less of this. I hope we have to see less of this in the future. If we're going to get Howie scenes, I prefer this than some of the other ones we've gotten, but just because yeah, it's ca- by casual sexism, casual sexism can leave. Uh, we can we can have him without a towel, I guess. I do like how Kaser is just unbothered listening to his music, does not care. He's playing He's, tunes. Yeah. Whose towel did he use? I think it was Janelle's towel. It was next to Janelle's bag, so I don't know if it was Janelle's towel. This reminds me of a story. Do we have time for a quick tangent? Let's do it. So when I was maybe 10, I had my friends who are triplets, but it was only the two boys that slept over. Um, And then we were all 10. And then in the morning, one of them woke up in the middle and went to go take a shower. And then he used my mom's towel (laughs) instead of asking me to get one. And then he just left it in a ball on the floor in the bathroom. No, that is not okay. That is mold central. That is gross. My mom was very annoyed. Yeah, I hate that story. It it was it just reminded me of the scene because how we use someone's towel. Yeah. But reliving your trauma. Or was it was it someone else's towel that he just like misplaced? I mean, I wasn't paying that much attention. I'm really was- not trying to give Howie the time of day, especially when he's not wearing clothing. Okay, that's that's a fair statement. It's a valid take. Let's move on to someone we do stand, and that's Miss Diane Henry. And she talks about how she might move home from LA and why she's on All Stars, and that she just wants, she needs something to like reset in her life, and she doesn't know what she's doing right now. So, and this is like heart pulling moments that make me feel empathy. I actually disagree. I think we need to put more people on reality TV who have good lives instead of lives that they're trying to figure out. I don't like the people who come on with nothing that they're doing. They're hoping that reality TV is like the answer. I want more people who know what they're doing and want reality TV as a distraction. Okay. In general, I agree with you for civilian seasons, but I feel like with All-Stars, like she is an All-Star. She has to be there. I agree. I just wish she was there to play the game. She's, she's going to play scared because she wants the, you know, however much st- the stipend is. Like I'd rather have people who are set and they don't care if they like get an extra few hundred dollars for staying next week, like make the move to win, not the move to stay one more week. I get that. Yeah. There's so many seasons I where people like, fight for jury. Yep. Nicole cut out for a second. What'd you say? Oh, there's just so many seasons where people fight just to get into the jury. Uh, Season 19. For example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BB 19. And it's just not something that's enjoyable. And I didn't previously think of Jacob's take. I thought um, mostly that she like did that moping around as a means, as a strategy. But I guess in her DR where she comes off really emotional, that um, doesn't really validate that claim. 
But I do think she uses it later in the week. I feel like she uses her emotionality to her advantage. Like, she still fights to stay and play. Like, I don't think she, like, wanted to, like, make it just a jury. I still think she wanted the title. Well, she's not going to fight against Nicolmas. She said that straight up. So she had to do whatever she could to give the impression that she wanted it more. Because she wasn't going to say anything about her girl. Mm -hmm. We stand friendship. But speaking of Nicolmas, we get her dyeing her hair hot orange. What do we think of this choice? I like it better than the previous color that it was like washed out blonde. Well, in the words of our good friend Marcellus, hot mess. Courageous choice, but most of the choices she makes with her exterior are like that, so. I I actually like it. I think that the orange and yellow look pretty good. They fit the house color theme. Like I get that they, uh, she's made fun of because she fits into the background of the nominee chairs. But I actually think that she pulls it off. I like her eyelashes. Like, I think this is a good look. I'll stand by this one. I don't think it's my favorite Nokomis look. I liked her purple in BB5 um, more, like the dark purple. But I think this one is much better than what she came into the house with. And I stand by that. And it fits the house theme. And she's living her best life. I would have personally liked it better if it was all red. But yeah, I have I, I, a Chiambre yeah. right now. I don't think the audience can see. So I empathize with Nicolmas in that situation. Empathy queen. We're both fashion victims. <laughs> it just, the ombre just didn't work out sometimes. Yeah, it was a little But no, yours looks nice. Of... Like, oh, get back to you. the ego loving. Um, compliments, please. And then this is one of my favorite segments of the week. We get Marcellus and Janelle in the middle of the night, staring at the memory wall, casting their soap opera. Um, and then I wrote down who everyone is. Will is the evil manipulator. Erica is the sultry brunette. Diane is the trailer trash diva. Howie is the pervert. Just the pervert. Nothing else. Um, Boogie and Marcellus are clandestine lovers. And Marcellus is even like, Boogie is the guy who's trying to be straight but he's actually in a gay clandestine relationship with me and i'm like marcellus has him pegged whoops <laughs> have you not read the stuff the boogie I, stuff no the uncle jerry stuff no i guess i got some reading to do after this, this. one i'm not gonna say on air because i don't, don't please get... i'm scared yeah. when you open up a sentence like that with that that's the lead you don't really got to go anywhere from there yeah well well We'll discuss offline, but and then George is the lonely janitor. Yeah, these are the big brother segments I live for. It's so fun. I wish that they uh, had more time for segments like this. It's so fun to just watch them like stand around, make fun of the other house guests, and the way they like intercut it. uh, The editing they do is really fun. I feel like they don't do this anymore. The last I remember was like some weird BB 18 story with James and like uh, something missing, and I didn't love that because I don't like James healing, but. Yeah, I love this segment. One of my favorite of the week. And Marcellus, anytime you get Marcellus on TV, on screen. Um, Then we get in the tarantula room, Janelle, Howie, and James are venting about Queso's nomination. And I completely feel them. Like, they're all wanting to go after Chilltown because also, like, it works out for Queso because they're going to probably go after Janelle and James, not Howie. Why would you waste an HOH on Howie? But, um, like, they're going to be the targets over Queso after this deal. So I get them, but at the same time, like Janelle being like, I'm going to use the veto on Diane or Nakomas, and then we're going to put up Boogie. I'm like, well, that's not great if you don't talk to Kaser first. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely yeah, I also, agree. 
they, they're also editing this to where like they know who won the veto like I'm sure they're just trying to build the drama if Janelle wins the veto she's going to Kaser and asking there's no way Janelle's turning on Kaser like that absolutely not uh by the way did you see the the post that Janelle did for Kaser's birthday this year that like she pre-planned on Instagram no that she posted she like wrote it out and like had it prepared knowing that they were going to be in the house together that's sweet. That's so cute. Also, first time Kaiser wasn't evicted on his birthday. Let's just shout that out. This what year. a big milestone. It was pretty close that he was. If he does not win that safety well, suite. He wouldn't have been evicted on his birthday, at least. Yeah, yeah not on his actual birthday, but yeah. yeah. Near his birthday. Yeah. What up, Kaiser? But speaking of Kaiser, we get our big brother all-star golf classic POV. Kaiser, Diane, Nakomis. Kaiser lands on Will. Diane lands on Erica and Nakomis lands on James. And we got the veto wheel again, which I love. I love the veto wheel. It's so much more interesting than grab a chip. Out of um, a bag. Yeah. Not as fun. Boring. But uh, what do we think of this competition? It looked hard. I don't know if they got a practice setup like they do sometimes for the other kind of golfing competitions that they have for the HOH. But when I saw people um, getting like air balls and having to add a lot of points to their score, I was, I could empathize because that would be me. That club was comically large and the course was, it looked like very um, uneven. So it looked like the ball rolled a lot. So a lot of factors to consider when you go up to plate um, and really easy to knock people out that you don't want in the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think you, you and I are going to say the same thing. Oh, I, maybe. I just think that, like, going last has a huge advantage because, like, you could not, like, the first people who were going had no idea how hard they needed to hit it. Like, they were going all over the place. And then as people kept going and got more practice, they were, like, actually doing well. But that, the first part of the competition looked really difficult. Like, I would not do well. I also think the people who went last have an advantage just in general because then you're the last people to get your ball. Like, you're the last people to put things in the tube. So I think that's kind of unfair. I think I really like the competition idea. I think it wasn't executed to the best because it's kind of like the coconut chop. In Like, it theoretically could be. But I also don't think that it's the most fairest because Nokomis was out, like, first because Erica got to go last and just plop it in. And then Diane and Casey or Erica like imagine if it was six across the board and then if Nicole just gets a plus everyone gets a plus one then Erica wins by default mm-hmm. so I think they need to like tailor it but I like the competition idea um also Erica in the diary room says that she beat her boyfriend at golf but I'm like you mean ex-boyfriend not to- I thought that too <laughs> but I wasn't gonna mention it I'm like is that just me being the crazy female that I am noticing that (laughs) i also love that will just stopped caring and like swung it as far as he wanted um i always imagined that it was his first shot but then no it was his third um but and then he almost got it in and that would have been hilarious but then erica's final shot like obviously she was gonna win because she had like two balls and kaiser hit six but she hits it off the the awning what do we think do you think that's that should have been fair game or not absolutely fair game yeah, if you can make that work, go for it. I mean, definitely no one play tested it that way, but if you can get it, go for it. I think that's fun. Hi, this is Enrique, brother of the Brazilian dragon himself. We'll be right back to this Big Brother 7 week two recap after a word from some sponsors. And we're back. Enjoy the rest of the podcast here on the Brazilian Dragon. 
so we talk about it. Erica wins the veto, and Chicken George was a terrible host. I did not like it. He looks like one of the bully moms from the Amazing Race 5, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, he hasn't really done many funny things up until this point. Like, I remember Chicken George is a crazy guy, but it, he's still warming up. He, he dressed up like a baked potato. That's where he started really warming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't go outside, George. Don't let the aliens see you. Um, then Danielle, Diane, and Comus talk about being on the block. This is Diane's first full week on the block, like it was for Danielle last week. Um, also, interesting fun fact, this is the second time Danielle – no, not Danielle. Diane and Comus are on the block against each other with Comus going home. Um, and then we get Mike Boogie's birthday with sushi – Erica sits on the top of the table, have happy birthday on her whipped cream, like written out whipped cream on her legs. Um, and then they taunt Howie with the sushi. And I'm like, that's, Boogie has good taste in food. Like sushi, we stand. Yeah, I would love to celebrate a birthday in the Big Brother house, get that full catering of whatever I want. I'm all over it. Yeah. Take it out of my stipend. It looked like a great party. I mean, that looks like actual fun. I think that the through line where, you know, Marcellus is saying that they don't like that Boogie decided to have a party, like, that was production. Like, production's trying to make you fight. Also, like, yeah, Marcellus is such a liar. He would clearly have a party if he was not on that's, stop. That's what I was about to say. Like, yeah, you say that you wouldn't have a party. Like, how dare they? But you would have had the party, and you would have been up in people's faces if you didn't like them. Like, that is a classic Marcellus move. He would have done it. Marcella is such a liar. If we see through you, but also I feel like in later seasons they let everyone celebrate. Maybe it's just Big Brother Canada, but it, at least in like, I feel like they let everyone eat for the day of the party usually. Yeah, maybe well, I just don't. I, I don't get like if Howie wanted the food, why not just go to the shower and eat it there? Like, it's it's that easy. Like if you're a have not, just eat the food in the shower. Done. I mean that's part of the have not rules now. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the have not rules. If you want to eat food, just sneak it in the shower. Snacks and Mickey. Game changer. Let's just not have him back. Um, and then season six of Marcellus. And I think Marcellus is basically season six at this point because he's so well insulated with Janelle, which I think is so wild that Janelle takes him out later. But um, season six and Marcellus are upstairs talking and while Will rallies everyone in the hot tub downstairs. And I really love Big Brother moments where it's like the whole house is involved. Like these, they keep cutting back and forth between the two scenes. And I feel like that doesn't really happen in Modern Big Brother anymore, where like even if there's like big house scenes, they're not shown that much unless it's like a competition or a ceremony. Um, and I feel like that was like a staple of like seasons five through 10, like everyone in the house, like just like whether it's like not fighting, but like gameplay wise. That makes sense. Um, so, and then Kaser comes downstairs because Jace goes to get him. And they're like, we don't want to get rid of Diane or Nokomis. We like them both. Um, and Kaser's like, I like them too, but we're not just going to plop some random. No one's going to come into the house that we can just evict. And Will's like, well, I'll go up. So what do we think of Will's moves here? Yeah, That's obviously, smart. yeah, it was, uh, what's it called? He was just like, yeah, Kaser, if you really want to mess with me, like, here's your chance. He knew he wasn't going to do it. It kind of felt like, another one of those like arrogant Dr. Will moves that he did just to like add some flair. Yeah. Casey's getting a pretty big head now and Dr. Wills is going to go up to him and say, look, put me up if you want. He knows he's not going to do it. And it's a big check on Kaser. Kaser essentially can't come back at him anymore because then Dr. Will can just bring up like you could have gotten me out. I offered it to you and you said no. Also like Will knows what he's doing because 
at worst, if they make a move, which they won't because they need Erica to sign off on as the veto user, but uh, Marcel's is like, put up Boogie, get rid of Boogie. And I feel like Boogie is the plan if that happens. Like we mentioned earlier, Will's too big of a threat to take out on week two. Um, and then we get our ceremony. The veto is not used. And we move on to episode six. Any final thoughts on what we saw in this episode? Whenever Will is telling Kaser, like, oh, put me up, I just thought back to Michael Scott when he's explaining reverse psychology. Like, it's just so fun. I, I don't know why that popped in my head, but it's just like Dr. Will sitting back being like, this is what reverse psychology is. It's like when you say one thing and you get the other thing to happen. And Dr. Will's uh, the master of that. Dr. Will is a king and we, we stand wholeheartedly. Do you think he's going to pop up in the jury house on Zoom this year? Please. Yes. I feel like maybe because it's also maybe not. Uh, I mean, he did cast a jury vote on an all-star season. So, um, so episode six, there's, uh, there's, they discuss uh, voting out Diane or Nakomas. They don't want to campaign against each other. Nakomas makes a deal with Big Brother Six, and there's possibility for a five-five with BB Six, Marcellus and Erica keeping Nakomas, and then Kaser breaking the tie where Diane is pitching herself for everyone else um, downstairs. So this is our little campaign session. Obviously, I feel like Julie introduced the episode and she was like, uh, someone can't, but when someone campaigns a little hard, what happens? Was she talking about Nakomas or Diane? Because they were both actively campaigning. Yeah, I kind of thought she was meaning Nakomis, but it's not very clear because neither of them are actually campaigning that hard. I mean, both of them are like saying they want to stay in the house, but I wouldn't really call it a campaign for either of them. They were pitching themselves. Like this was like yeah. kind of the clear thing. They weren't like going against each other, which I feel like a lot of nominees should do, but they were actively like, I'm campaigning for myself, not against you. Um, but then we get to Marcellus and Janelle in the bubble bath. And Marcellus is like, who do you want to keep? Because someone I can control Diane more. And I feel like this is the brewings of a Janelle-Diane rivalry, which we see called into fruition when Janelle takes out Diane on her HOH. We get some pros and cons. Um, we'll just do the eviction, and then we can talk about the segments at the end. So Mike, Danielle, and Howie go first. Mike evicts Nicotomus. Um, Then George, Will, and Erica do their pros and cons. Will evicts Diane. Janelle, James, Marcellus, and Jace do their pros and cons at the end. And Janelle evicts Diane, James evicts Nokomis, and Nokomis is evicted by an 8-2 to two vote. So this is our time with Nokomis. She didn't even get to do a speech like Allison and Danielle got to do. So this is our time saying goodbye to Nokomis. Any final thoughts on Nokomis 2.0? Too short-lived her time in the house. I really wanted to see how Nokomis was going to, you know, play with the big dogs, and she just got really unlucky with this draw she had one ally but you really can't beat four people from the same season it's a sad situation but you know what i'm happy that da daniel uh diane's still in of course danielle's still in and the f rivalry between her and janelle which kind of started out with this petty vote that she threw her way it really comes to fruition so maybe it was the right call for an entertaining season yeah, I wish that Nokomis got her feet under her a little bit more. I really think that she is a good strategist. I think the way that she thinks about the game will lead to something interesting most of the time. So I really would have liked to see if there was something she could have done, but it's sad. We had to see her go, and it was way too soon. 
I just feel like the social game is always where she's going to struggle, especially in the first few weeks. But, like, depending on the cast, she can do really well. And if she can get people to, like, give her an opening to, like, get to know her, I feel like. And people were, I feel like it's also with the crew of All-Star she was with. It was, like, a very different crowd than the Big Brother 5 crowd. I feel like Marcellus and, like, Howie wouldn't give Nokomis as much of time of day as, like, say, maybe Diane um, or will or marvin would i don't know so but uh, we also don't get goodbye messages we get a short interview with julia and i also noticed that the production kind of struggled they like kept on the house too much so i think that's probably why they didn't get goodbye messages for nicomas and i was sad i want to see the goodbye messages but um so we get to this competition which is comp memories basically they're going to show videos and images and we go all the way. The last three are Janelle, James, Danielle. Janelle, no, Janelle gets out. And then it's James versus Danielle in the final tiebreaker. And the question is, how many seconds did it take Janelle to win one man's trash is another man's veto? And when they said it was like 300 something, I'm like, that's six minutes, not even. Like, I, I was like, that was fast. Janelle on her beast mode. I love it. It, I feel like the competition on the TV show must have been longer than the competition lasted. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking because, you know, they make Chicken George seem like he was so bad for not being able to find any of the, uh, like, any of those vetoes. But if it was six minutes, like, I'm not sure I'd find anything either. That was quick. I feel like these, both of these veto competitions so far have been very quick, like, production-wise. They probably, like, took, like, 10 minutes on this one, like, because it's so fast. Yep. Um, and Janelle is just a physical specimen, so she's going to beast mode that either way. Nicole aspires to be BB7, Janelle. What can I say? I want a pink room. I was just about to say she wants the pink HOH room, but James wins his first HOH ever. And I was very excited if da- Danielle would win because that's where the house would shake up. But obviously, that's going to have to wait a few more weeks. But James wins his first HOH. And if I remember correctly, his room is going to be red. Ooh, red and black. Sexy. Wow. Uh, we got to talk about Sarah next week. Um, let's go through a quick a few of the segments because we get um, Kaser and Julie talk. Kaser rocking a faux hawk like one Alexander Chester. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> but what did you think of Kaser's haircut before he gets another haircut this week? Sexy. What else can I say? Do you like him more with the curls or do you like the, the like short hair? So I notoriously love a man with curly, dark hair, but I like Kaser. Yeah, so maybe I like Kaser better that way. You like Kaser however he comes. Yeah, I'll take Kaser in any any package. Jacob does as well. Um, Anything interesting in the Kaser-Julie interview? I mean, Julie kind of called his ass out. She's like, do you feel like a wimp? And he should have known right there that America wasn't happy with that choice or whatever. America was always going to be happy with Kaser, though. Yeah, but at the same time, like, she maybe was like, wake up, Kaser. That's what the vibe felt like. Makes sense. Um, then we get, which one do we want to do first? Do we want to unpack Mr. and Mrs. Smith, or do we want to talk about the Kaser home segment? I think the Mr. and Mrs. Smith segment was so dumb. Like, what is there to say? People think that people from the same season are working together? No shit. They probably got paid, like, to, like, yeah. use this now. But, like, it's getting just some, uh, I wrote down a Dr. Will line. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is that movie, the movie where they hooked up, had that baby in Africa, and everyone freaked out when the paparazzi took the pictures. Well, just for backstory, so people on the season were 
had a conspiracy that Jace and Diane were working together, Mr. and Mrs. Smith style, like the movie that was very popular in 2005 and Big Brother 7 was 2006. And Jace is obsessed with Brad Pitt. And yeah. in season five, and Danielle used that as her exhibit A. And then also, Jace and Diane did not get along in season five. And then they were in the pool together and weren't talking. So everyone was like suspicious. And then later we find out that it was an alliance. But um, do you. Do you think that they called it that or then when Jace went home or heard it in the diary room or heard people rumbling about it, that's when he like was like, oh my God, I'm going to run with it. They probably like, or do you think Jace being Brad Pitt's biggest fan probably came up with that? There's no way I, that was intentional. I think he yeah. probably heard little rumblings and was like, this is crazy, but then was like, maybe there is merit to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? I could totally see Jace being a huge stan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I bet. Ooh, hot yeah. take did not like that movie. I've never even seen it. I enjoyed. Yeah, it's like three hours. I enjoyed the last hour when it started to pick up. I felt like it was too much like Quentin Tarantino, like showing off and like. Yeah, getting off I think himself. that. I think that that movie is so self-congratulatory, and I do not have time for that. Like, please give me something that's interesting to people, and not just people who want to seem like they're interesting. It's very like self-entitled and self yeah. self i'm trying to think of the word but i was trying to keep it self-congratulatory yeah yeah that self-aggrandizing i'm not a fan anyway brad pitt yes i think jace like if you're if people are gonna think you're working together you better actually do it like if people yeah. will think well they were right, the yeah. Alliance, yeah but i'm saying if people think you're in that alliance like you better make sure that alliance is solid because you already have the reputation for it why not pull off mr and mrs smith yeah. it's and any time my girl diane's in an alliance we have to stand um and then lastly our last segment is caser uh the caser home package segment with um dahlia his sister and then i don't write down her last name but adina um from the his mosque um and so what i, I really like that segment because it's a touch on his islamic background and discussing it i didn't love the way that the producers packaged it i felt like it was like oh but because he's muslim he can't play the game like other people can and i'm like it's just like anyone who has like strong values in like faith and like morality it's not just because he's muslim but i do appreciate the segment that it showcases um showcases him as a muslim in 2005 and then we had that scene this week as well yeah, I, I really liked that. Uh, I thought that it was nice to have the, um, you know, that segment, they interviewed the people like, I agree, I don't like it as they framed it as, you know, uh, like, oh, because he's Jewish, like, or sorry, because he's Muslim, he can't play the game. And I think they do it way better than uh, what was the season? Big Brother 10, where they have Andrew. 11? As, oh, oh, yeah, uh, 11. 12, 12. Andrew? Yeah, yeah, as like yeah. an Orthodox Jew, where they like totally botched that, where they're like making fun of him the whole time for not being able to play the game because he's Jewish. Like, yeah. That, that part was weird. So like I'm way more on board with this depiction than that one. He was, a lot of his, um, a lot of his jokes were also like in the diary room were about his Judaism. And, and being like, Captain Kosher, right? Yeah. That was the whole storyline. I do love that Rachel was like, um something something about a yarmulke i don't remember the context but she said the wrong word and it was just funny but yeah that they played it up for laughs more than like with Kaser, they've always been super serious about him i think that's probably because like he's the 
first and one of the few representation for Muslim people. And that's also like, not to say that like, there is a lot of, but there's a lot more like in the US at least like Islamophobia. So I feel like normalizing people of Islamic faith and religion and Arab people yeah. are, is more important. But uh, I love that scene that he had with Devon this week. Um, any final thoughts on the Casers HOH week, uh, getting into James's next time? Nokomis, anything you want to talk about? Yeah, I think this week was a cautionary tale for what happens when you don't work with your instinct. Of course, Kaser, we know what happens if you've seen the season before. We know that things may or may not work out for him. But at the same time, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sometimes you got to do moves to get you from week to week. But I think in this circumstance, um, looking back, the wrong move was made. No, exactly. Jacob? Yeah, I hope that, you know, we saw Kaser mess up the HOH this week. I hope that we get an HOH in 2020 where Kaser nails it. That's what I'm manifesting next week. Manifest yes, it. Manifest. I, I, I think I'd rather Janelle win because I feel like Kaser could mess up again, but then at least Kaser's safe if Janelle wins. Kaser like, has something to prove, so I want to see him do it. And if yeah. he disappoints me again, then I'll unstand. Actually, I'll never unstand, but you know what I mean. You can never unstand. So quickly, any quotes of the week that we want to pull up from the episodes that we watched, or do we knock them all out? Like the brain cells quote, I love. The brain, the brain cells one was the one I had. I think it's so funny, like picturing how he's brain cells, because I think two might be generous. Dr. Will was really being quite nice to give him two brain cells. I thought one was more apt. That, yeah. Uh, Nicole, I almost called you Diane. Oh my God. Why you be so what, what a compliment. Oh my yeah. goodness. What an honor. Yeah, my favorite um, quote of the week. Uh, I was going to say Lil Howie's getting smaller, but uh, maybe the Marcellus, uh, that was a courageous choice, but like most of her exterior choices. It makes sense. Yeah, um, I would have said the brain cells, but I think, um, let me find, I, I love the Diane one where she's like, uh, I'm not a cutthroat person. I used to be, but I killed all my brain cells because I smoked a bunch of pot. And the way she says pot, she like screams it out into the ether. Nothing um, but respect for my um, cannabis queen. And then also the soap opera stuff. Like anytime mm-hmm. Marcel's spoke in that scene, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so let's just do a quick pop in on BB22 and then we'll call it a day, like not even five minutes. But spoiler alert, we will be talking about the live feed. So Andrea, don't listen to this until Monday morning because we're going to talk through the Sunday episode. So BB22, first week and change thoughts. Nicole, do you want to go first? Of course, on an all-star season, people are scared to, you know, make the first move because there's so little to work with. I mean, this is independent of discussing a pregame. So the first week was a little bit slow. It was very sad seeing our girl Keisha go. But I don't really remember uh, Keisha in a lot of positions where she was really outnumbered in season 10. Like, she was dealt a really bad hand. And um, it was really difficult to, you know, campaign if she didn't know for sure if campaigning was going to put more of a target on her back. But... I mean, season uh, All-Stars 1 didn't start crazy fast. Um, so we'll see in the upcoming weeks as the tide starts shifting. I was fine with the season six nomination in the beginning of Big Brother 7. So maybe we just got to give it time to, you know, things to work out. We have great players. So let's see what they can do. Jacob? Yeah, I really like that we had feeds week one. That's not something that we normally get. And I think, like, I'm, you know, I love Keisha, 
but I think her going is not too bad. Uh, I think, you know, we, we could have had some more legendary players go and Keisha leaving Kevin staying is good. I will say Kevin not locking in that 19 had me heated. He could have won the, he could have won the veto and he essentially chose not to, but whatever. Him picking Enzo was a piss poor decision. They should have did uh, what Diane said with Chicken George. He should have picked the weakest person in that group and had them play so he would have had a better chance. That'd be fair to Kevin. Enzo was pretty weak on Big Brother 12. He only won Otev. Look but, at Enzo now. Look, look at those at huge muscles. True, 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 true. Who should he, he have picked? David, who doesn't know what a veto is? Nicole uh, Anthony. Easy. No, Franzel. David has been trash in competitions. He has literally been last in every single competition he's played in so far. So I keep mean, picking him. He did the table maze, which was pretty impressive. No, he, didn't. he did the wrong thing. He didn't oh, the right geez. Room. I really thought of the wrong thing. Yeah, no, David's my, uh, he was the last draft pick in my draft, and I obviously got him. And I really am not the happy. The same one that I we wish, have? Yeah, I wish I got Christmas. Yeah, who's your pet. team? Uh, Danny Donato was my first pick, first pick off the board, and then um, I got stuck with David. Danny Briones. Put some respect on her name. I am so okay. sorry. Miss Thing. Miss Wife. <laughs> Jacob, you have Kaser and who again? Uh, Enzo. I was going to take Devon, but then I was like, John John scooped her up, so I, I went with Kevin. And then Jacob, Janelle. you're going to win this whole thing. That's, those are two I, really yeah. great picks. The Enzo uh, pick is kind of miraculous that well, you got that. Well, this this one is more comp based and like stuff. So like, if you win comps, you get more points. Like Memphis got five points for winning HOH or something. Jesus Christ! So well, that's why I went with Janelle out. over. But yeah. So any final thoughts on Big Brother Twenty Two? Memphis has officially nominated David and Nicole A. Christmas gave Ian the safety suite. Yeah, that makes no sense. What's the power the of Nicole Franzel? <laughs> I'm here to stand Nicole Franzel. Yeah, I guess, like, Christmas, I guess, can't think for herself. She goes from one, uh, like, person leading her to the next. Insane. One BB-18, final two person to the next. Yeah, exactly. I'm here to support Nicole Franzel's game, put some respect on it. Like, obviously, like, like, she can be whiny and stuff, but I think she gets a lot of toxic, sexist hate that is not cool. Yeah, she's um, a great she's player. A good player. Yeah. Yeah. She's very rat floater. She's friends with Andy. Of course she learned it from him. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to root for the person that has the predictable win. Like we all knew around what week five that she was definitely going deep into that game. And sometimes yeah. you don't want a predictable ending and Paul really shook, shook things up. So of course there's people. And Paul did Paul play a great game. Yeah. And if it was up to me, I probably would have voted for Paul, but I didn't even get through Big Brother 18 because it was so boring. I stopped watching around like week 10. Oh, I loved Big Brother. It was like trashy, but I think Big Brother 18 is like an underrated season with the twists and the turns. Maybe yeah. that'll be our next rewatch <laughs> when Nicole Franzel becomes the first two-time winner of Big Brother. Oh, she'll be better than Maggie. Just all about Jose. Better all than Maggie. Jose. I'll take that. Yeah. Better will, than Maggie. I will stand Jose if we do that. No! Scenarios. I'm good, love. We don't need it. I'm preaching like Obama. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, any final plugs? Any final thoughts? Uh, Nicole Horn? No, just follow me on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Behind the Secret on all platforms, um, and keep your eye out. I heard you changed your name, name to your name to Daddy Memphis Stan. <laughs> I'm not TikTok Nicole anymore. I'm Memphis Fan Camp Stan. Nicole, now. Jacob, any final thoughts? Uh, I am not that. Uh, you can follow me at JK Redman on Twitter. Uh, happy to discuss Big Brother or Avatar, The Last Airbender. 
and tune in to Ang, we're back. Uh, Ang in there. Ang in A there. Pro show recap coming this Tuesday. Love it. We're so excited. Um, you better plug the Brazilian dragon on it as well. I will, but on episode two, because we already recorded episode one like a month ago. Sad. Okay. And Nicole's at Behind the Secret. You can follow my main at Tweets by Fleep on Twitter. And then you can follow the Brazilian Dragon on social media at Brazil Dragon Pod. And then also listen to us at anchor.fm slash Brazilian Dragon or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, we have an email if you have any suggestions. We'll be back next week to talk James Ryan's HOH, the downfall of Jace, the I hate you all speech, the the blueberry veto where the like how how much can you take veto we love it um until then happy august and keep standing Devon on big brother 22 bye everyone bye bye